to Monday Morning Coffee, the motivating operation to start your week. Hi, I'm Christina Flores, a board-certified assistant behavior analyst. And I'm Natalie, a board-certified behavior analyst. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. We hope you enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to episode 12. This week, we're going to be talking about what we think this field needs in terms of supervision, leadership, mentorship after you first um, pass your BCBA exam or BCABA exam. I think it's a really great topic to talk about. Um, A lot of people go through so many different things their first year after they're um, certified, whether you do become a BCABA or a BCBA. So yeah, Natalie, what do you think? I think this is a really good topic because I feel like when you're studying or you're first in the field, you're like, oh, I can't wait till I'm a BCBA. And that's like, you know, the ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. And then you're there and you're like, oh, wow, there's still so much that I don't know. And now you have all this responsibility, I feel. Mm-hmm. And at times, like, I've wondered, like, should we have required mentorship or supervision post-certification? Mm-hmm. So I know with the BCABA, it's a requirement that you get uh, 2% your first year, right? You're still right. Um, something like that. Mm-hmm. But for BCBA, you're kind of you go from, you could potentially be from a therapist to a BCBA or from mm-hmm. a BCABA to a BCBA. Mm-hmm. And now you don't need to report to anyone, check in with anyone, collaborate with anyone. I mean, per ethics, you should be, but right. you get what I'm saying. And mm-hmm. in other states, I know that there's different regulations and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But at least here in Florida, or at least in Miami, that's not the case. And mm-hmm. personally, I think it would be very beneficial if it was kind of required. I agree. I I think um, now seeing you with your mentor, I'm definitely going to have a mentor when I um, get my BCBA certification because, you know, even now, like as a BCABA, and I didn't realize, I thought I was in the field for like five years, but I've actually been in for like six, which is really crazy. Um, But I still feel incompetent um, with certain areas that I don't know about, you know, um, in my experience. And I guess maybe I shouldn't use the word like incompetent because it has kind of like a negative connotation, but experience. Yeah. Things that I want to experience more. Um, and I can only do that with mentorship, I feel like. And also when you're a BCBA, I feel like things are just thrown at you so much. And there's so much in the world of being a BCBA, whether it's like interpersonal skills with parents or caregivers or teachers, learning professionalism with your coworkers, um, when you disagree, when you agree, how to go about training therapists. And you don't really get that type of experience when you're a therapist. So, I mean, sometimes some people do kind of like a student analyst position, Um, But even then, when I first started supervising, like I had somebody over me, but even then I felt like I wasn't getting an adequate amount of supervision in that case. So I think we really do need mentorship uh, based on everything. I feel like it would really help with the overwhelming feeling of what do I do? How do I do this? What do I do with this? How do I write this plan? Or how do I work with this intervention? And just having feedback with different interventions, you know? And let's be honest, a lot of this, we did not learn in school, like at all. You're thrown into this world and you're like, that wasn't in my test. That wasn't in my, that wasn't my capstone. That wasn't. Mm -hmm. And as a therapist, like you're sheltered a lot of times. Like I remember if something was uncomfortable or I didn't know what to do, I was like, Oh, just, 
I'll let my supervisor know, or, oh, I'll talk to my supervisor. And right. I remembered being like, ooh, I wonder how she's going to handle the situation or like poor her. Like it was so much on her plate. Mm-hmm. And now I'm that supervisor. Right. Where all of this responsibility and you're, the therapists are going to you, the people in the office are coming to you, the parents, the teachers, it's so much outside mm-hmm. of just behaviors with our clients that we have to like uh, work with. Right. Um, and like you said, like having a mentor, not only for feedback, but for feedback and also have experience and learning and consultation. Within field, yes. Within the field, there's so much like emerging research and things that were like traditionally done mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. are now like, Ooh, ACT, round like, upon. Mm-hmm. like all these things that people used to do before, like they're like taking away research articles based on like how unethical it pretty much was mm-hmm. so you're having to learn this whole new field essentially right um, I don't know I just I think it's a law you're you're responsible for the client you're responsible for your own personal development as well as the de- development of therapists informed right. parents teachers caregivers right uh you know well, and, and people are busy you know sometimes we join companies or we join organizations where um people above us, supervisors above us, or BCBAs that are very seasoned have so much experience. And unless we go out and say, hey, can you be my mentor? And they agree to that mentorship, right, with a contract and everything like that, then you can get, you know, kind of uh, feedback and consultation with them. But people are busy, you know, they have to uphold their their mentorship um, contract as well. So you may join someplace, um, and try to get all this experience or try to get this information and advice, but you may not get it, you know, like I may look for a clinic in another state or something like that and say, Oh my God, this, you know, BCBA, um, or this doctor has so much experience. I want to learn from them, but they may not have time to like teach me, you know, they may have students under them. They may have other things going on in their life. So I think seeking out mentorship is really, really important in terms of just leadership in the field as well. And just as experience. Yeah, I think also another thing, and it was one of the reasons why we created Monday Morning Coffee and why I created Onward was to kind of cultivate that community of support and make it super accessible and talk about it. Mm -hmm. Because the other day, you know, we found um, a company that offers pretty much this platform where they have resources and all these things that might take a lot of time to create on your own. Cause let's right. be honest, there's a lot of indirect work that goes into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see your hourly rate, but that's not really what you're making. Like mm-hmm. you ha- you're doing so much free work. So finding people who can walk you through it, uh, you right. know, I think is super important. Um, well, I mean, if you think about like other fields, right? Like doctors go through internship or, you know, like I feel like nurses get special training when they go to certain departments, whether it be like a NICU or surgery, they always have somebody training them. And a lot of the times we don't get that. You know, yes, we do get supervision hours, right? We're getting 1,500, 2,000 supervision hours. In that time, you're supposed to get you know, all this experience and all this supervision that's supposed to prepare you to be a BCBA. But that's really not the case. Like if you're in school and you're in grad school and you're not really doing a lot of hours and you're doing practicum, really, I mean, maybe you could only have one or two clients, maybe three max. And that's only a certain area where you're getting experience in, whether it's just um, verbal behavior with some aggression or like something else, you're, you're not gaining experience in other areas where you could be gaining experience. So 
I guess it goes to the fact that you said we're a little bit sheltered when we're therapists too, because we're only gaining it in certain areas. You know, I mean, I'm very lucky, I guess, in my sense where I've had like years of different clients, but if I was a therapist and I'm just going into grad school and I only get like two or three different clients, that's what, that's going to be my scope of competence until I like get another experience, you know, and that's going to really be a big sign for when I become a BCBA and what I can endure and like take over. Type of things. Yeah. And we've talked about it before, right? There are certain people who've only had one client or two clients mm-hmm. their entire experience and then they become certified. Right. And you know how, once you become an analyst, you don't have one or two clients. Right. That I know of, I don't know of any analyst that only has one or two clients. Mm-hmm. And like for me, you, we've had this conversation. There was, you know, several clients that I turned down because I didn't feel confident. And right. that was one of the main reasons why I sought out mentorship was because I want to build an area of like expertise or areas that I don't feel as confident in learn mm-hmm. in terms of that so that I don't have to turn certain people away. Um, I know I'm not going to know everything, right. um, but I can, you know, I feel like I can know a little bit about everything. Right. But that's, a, that's okay. That's what we're supposed to do. Like that's ethical. You know, if we are not competent in one area and we want to gain experience in it and take on a client, we're not supposed to be a hero. We're not supposed to just like be this hero in somebody's life and make everything 10 times better and promise all these things. That's not, that's not ethical. We're supposed to say, okay, um, my mentor has experience in this area. I'm going to take on this case. I'm going to explain to them what I'm doing and I'm going to see, you know, if I can grow my scope of competence and I'm going to supervise and then consult with them and get training and take CEUs and do webinars. And I'm going to go to this training at some conference that will, that's what we're supposed to do. But if you're taking on a case and you're like, Oh no, you know, it's, I could just use the science. I could do this, this, and this, like I could just, um, analyze the data, but there's more than that. Like you could do more harm than good. when you take on those type of cases. And I think we have to remember that too. I think sometimes like when we become BCBAs, which is great, like we get a lot of confidence, you know, we do know what we're doing and that's great. You should always have confidence, but don't have so much confidence that you can think you can just solve every problem because it's okay to say no. It's okay to say like, you know what, this is not in my scope of competence. I don't think I'm going to be the best fit for this person or this client. Here are some people that I think would be great for this client and refer out, you know? Something that I talked to my mentor about last week that I thought was a really good conversation and it was me talking about potentially referring a client out that I'm super invested in. I'm super passionate. I don't know how many CEUs, how many conversations I've had with my mentor. I've reached out to other people. And during this conversation, she's like, what would it take for you to refer out? And I remember saying like, oh, it was something about me. And she turned it back and she's like, shouldn't it be that you find someone that is more competent that you know could do the job? And I was like, wow, here I am making this about me. Like, oh, if this happens to me or if I see this or if I see that. Mm-hmm. And she turned in and she's like, no, it should be that there's someone that's more competent than you that right. can do the job. And I was like, wow, that's so interesting. A lot of the times you see people on it shouldn't be this way, but it's like very cookie cutter. Like, oh, we'll add a visual schedule. We'll do a token board and everything's going to be great. And you're like, no, yeah, not it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like that you, that you mentioned that, you know, it's great that you're getting all this experience and doing that, but it shouldn't be at the cost of your client. Right. You know, if there is someone that's more competent than you, like, uh, like we say a lot, 
put your ego aside and mm -hmm. learn. And maybe there's going to be another client in that same situation that then you've gained experience and you can take on. Right. Um, but I think and there will be tons of clients that you have enough experience for and that you can take on like, you yeah, know, there's no shortage of clients. Yeah. Though. There's no shortage of clients. Like there's always going to be someone that you're going to be able to help, you know? And if you have a shortage of clients, you can always look elsewhere as well. But I think in terms of supervision and leadership in the field, I do think that there should be more uh, for mentorship. Also, I mean, why we created this podcast too, I think there should be more information about just, I know it's a private event, but like therapist mental health, you know, somebody asked me the other day, what's your podcast about? Like, what are you doing? Like, what is this? And I was like, well, I, we started this because we want to talk about the therapist experience. I feel like nobody really talks about that. And I mean, this past week, I was very fortunate with my supervisor because I reached out to her and told her, you know, like, I'm going through it. I need your help. I'm not being the best therapist that I can be. I need some time off, you know, a day or two and to get back to where I need to be. And she was very um, understanding and explained her experience in that as well. And I feel like she took on a really great leadership role, just being so honest and genuine with me. And I feel like as supervisors, sometimes we're not getting that experience. They're very like, okay, what's coming in? This isn't this, we need to fix this. And here we go. And that's it. And here I, and like you deal with everything else type of thing. And I feel like when you're becoming a BCBA and you're trying to be a supervisor, like our job is very important. We have a lot, a lot of responsibility and it takes a lot of courage and confidence to go through and do this. A lot of people burn out. They don't make it after a couple of years. So I think as well with leadership, like we have to have those type of conversations. And I feel like a lot of companies too don't have those conversations with their employees. I was and just going to ask you, so from a company perspective, do you think that all companies should be providing continuing education, trainings, yes. monthly like meetings where analysts can just speak to one another and collaborate and kind of like vent about what yeah. they, that they're going through. Yeah. I actually had this conversation with another therapist this past week and I was like, you know, you're only as good as your worst therapist. I said like, or like your newest therapist to the field, you're only as good as her. Your company is only going to be good as her. So either or him, <laughs> you need to hold staff development meetings, staff trainings, because if you think about it, right. Every therapist, every BCABA, every BCBA, if you have a company and you're a leader in your company, right, they're going out into the field and they're representing your, your name, your company's name. And if you have somebody that's not representing your company's name that you want, they're always going to have that. And I've learned in my ethics class as well that like we only have our name for our professional career. So if that person is not providing the right tools, then it's back on me. Like, right. If I'm a leader and I'm being a professional, like leader, I need to have staff trainings. I need to do staff development. I need to, you know, try to do those things. I think too, when you're starting out in the field or you're looking for placement or job employment, I think in the beginning, that's not something that we look for mm -hmm. as often it's not a priority like you want to find a job and oh job right. security do you have cases for me and what is the salary and what's this but now like that is one thing that you know yep. if you're job searching or whatever it is or if someone asks me make yeah. sure you're finding a company that is investing in you because yes. if not 
you like look at us we're having to find all of this stuff on our own yeah i've joined a membership group that a yearly membership group that has ceus and resources right. monthly i have a mentor christina and i talk all the time we have our small right. people that we talk with but this is our time that we're investing into a field and a company that is making money off of us. Like you mm -hmm. should find someone that's investing in you. That is an advice right. we could give mentor leader company. Right. You, yeah. I, I agree. I mean, it's so funny because you know, we think of, we analyze behavior, like that's what we do. And I mean, with anybody's, um, uh, experience and just in this field, like, and with any other fields, we don't want to be somewhere where we're just like not helping others. That's not going to make the fields grow. That's not what we're about. You know, if you're only for yourself, you're not helping anybody. Maybe you're helping your own name, but we need more leadership. We need more of experience with mentorship and things like that. All right, guys. So thank you so much for listening for this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Please follow us at Onward Behavior on Instagram to get more updates on our next episode and make sure to hit that subscribe button. Until next time, guys, keep moving onward and pay it forward.